Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hi, Katie. Hey, Missa, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, I guess. We're recording this uh, still kind of in the middle of a pandemic, so uh, things seem to be turning up for me, though, so... um, I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I've had, uh, we're recording this on May 2nd, so it's still Beltane, basically. Yes. Um, and I've had <laughs> a lovely Beltane, um, had a nice dinner, been doing some meditations. Um, yeah, and we're going to have a bonfire tonight, so that's good. And yeah, that's been good. Although I did want to give a little PSA to all you ladies out there, or not ladies, bleeding people out there. Um, Remember that stress can make your period late, which I've had personal experience in. Um, Don't worry, I did take um, a pregnancy test and it was negative. But because I had COVID-19 and I was very sick and I stressed my body out, my period was very, very late. So just a reminder, if you two are in the same situation, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Everybody's just really stressed out right now, and that could be what's happening. Yeah, so nothing's really normal right now still. So even things that you thought were regular, like a menstrual cycle, might not be happening regularly right now just because your body and your stress level and your hormones and all those chemicals are acting differently right now. Um, Again, I have never really had to struggle with mental illness or anything like that. And a couple weeks ago, it was almost impossible for me to get up off the couch. I luckily, uh, I have a lot of friends that have um, done a lot of work and I have friends that are in psychology and psychiatry and things like that. And so I was able to recognize what was happening to me um, because if I hadn't realized why my brain was acting it the way it was, I don't know how I would have been able to cope. Um, But now I'm getting back into the, I'm thankfully we did that, that self care uh, episode a while back. Um, And so I was like, okay, like you did this whole episode telling other people how to take care of themselves. It's time for you to do that. Um, And so I like took a, like a ritual bath and then I did my hair and my makeup, like tricked myself, tricked my brain into thinking that things are happy and normal. Um, and that actually really did the trick. So doing lots of ritual baths and, and self-care rituals right now to mm-hmm. to keep me positive. Exactly. And that's what, I mean, I don't want to be bossy, but everybody should be doing more self-care or, you know, keep track of how much capacity you have to do stuff every day. And, you know, if you if you get to the point where you're just trying to get your basic stuff done, but you are like really struggling and really having to motivate yourself, maybe, you know, Pick and choose, maybe, you know, prepping a crock pot right then isn't, you know, what you need to be doing. Maybe if you were to just take the rest of the night off and go do a face mask and lie in your bed and read before you for the next hour or two before you go to sleep, maybe that's more helpful for you and will give you, you know, more energy to get more done stuff done the next day instead of, you know, pushing yourself to do something that you think you need to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other um, big thing that I want to remind people, um, and I did post a video um, to our Instagram stories uh, a couple 
days ago, a week ago. I don't, time is a social construct at this point and has no meaning. Um, <laughs> but I had posted something by um, the Brooklyn Witches um, TikTok account about how like you don't need to be doing it all right now. And that's, that situation was actually for like magical things. You don't be, need to be doing a lot of spell work. Mm-hmm. Right now. You don't need to be functioning at full capacity. So if all you manage to do in a day is shower and eat one meal or just change into clean clothes and drink a lot of water. Um, if the, that's the only thing that you did, congratulations, you did it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's really just the thing I want to remind everyone is it's okay not to be functioning at full capacity. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, we are going to be jumping into spell work today and how to like, actually perform a spell. Um, that doesn't mean that you need to be doing a spell right now or any spells. Um, mm-hmm. If I, I haven't been doing a lot of spell work right now, I don't have the energy. And I just, I don't have the emotional, mental energy to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Just have a ton of free time. And you think yesterday was, well, this, you know, we're in our, our three day Beltane span. And, you know, I had all night to do something and I thought you know what I have the energy to do right now I have the energy to dye my hair purple and fill a chalice full of rosé and watch charmed and that was my Beltane ritual because that's mm-hmm. that's the energy that hey we don't need yeah. to be practicing everything and doing everything I used to think that you know if I didn't practice every single sabbat and every single aspect that I was the worst witch in the world and that's not true at all so mm-hmm. whatever little bits that you can do um, that's okay. But if you do have the energy and the capacity for spell work, um, that's what we wanted to share with you today to, to get that going and, and help you out there. Yeah. And you are right, Miss. So like, that actually sounds like a lovely Beltane ritual. Cause you did a little bit of self care. You did some glamor magic. You gave yourself a treat. You had some rosé wine, which is very springy and in season and you just took care of yourself. And, you know, especially during Beltane, cause this is, you know, kind of a lush luxur- luxurious holiday that centers around love, you know, self love is something you can celebrate as well. So you can, you know, just take care of yourself for your Beltane ritual. I mean, even doing something as simple as like just going outside and laying in the grass, like Letha is going to be the next um, Sabbath coming up. And if you just like went outside on, in on midsummer and laid in the grass for 10 minutes and just like breathed and connected to the earth, that would be a great Letha ritual. Yes. It doesn't have to be super complex. Absolutely. Yes. You don't necessarily have to go out and do spell work right now, but I did come up with the idea for the spell work because we were talking about doing spells and doing magic in a previous episode. And I realized like, oh, these are baby witches. They probably don't even know how to do a spell. So I thought it would be a good idea to, you know, walk through the basics of spell work. Yes. And I I think I'm so excited for this, especially because, and we'll talk a little bit later about what types of spells you can do, but now is really a time you know, if you do have the energy to do spells for, um, you know, healing and self-care and things like that. And so having the, um, the knowledge of how to practice it, and we're not going to tell you like, this is the way that it's done. And if you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. That's not what this podcast is about. That's not what witchcraft is about. Um, these are again, just tools to help you if you go, I don't really know where to start. So, so give me, um, a recipe and, 
you know, I'll, I'll try it your way once and I'll make adjustments as mm-hmm. I go on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there are also lots of books that can walk you through those basics. Um, Gabriella, her sixth first book, um, How to Be a Modern Witch. is. <laughs> I love that uh, you call it that because that is not its title in English. I know. Well, here's the thing. I have craft how to be a modern witch, which is the British version. Oh, okay. So That's I just a assume... subtitle. Yeah, it's a subtitle. So I'm like, I don't really know what the American version is because I have the British version because it's prettier than the yeah. American version. The American version but... is called Inner Witch. I just I didn't know that it had a subtitle. I knew that it was called Craft, uh, but then How to Be a Modern mm-hmm. Witch is its title in I think Spanish and Italian and probably some other languages that mm-hmm. I don't speak. Uh, not that I'm fluent in Spanish mm-hmm. or Italian, people. Please don't don't think that I am that smart. Um, so, oh, okay. As long as that's that's part of the British title. But yes, her first book, Craft yes. or Inner Witch, um, has a great ritual guide. Mm-hmm. Yes, although we will talk about some ways because it's like a good way to dip your feet toe in the water. But, you know, the more you learn, like you could read a different book that tells you how to ground a different way or... Um, or you could, you know, read something that gives you a different way to cast a circle. You could take a class and decide that you really don't like the way that she does, you know, candle magic. I don't know. But it's a good, I would recommend that just because, like, when we t- as we talked about in our witch lit episode, um, it's a good book for beginner witches because it really just brushes over everything that you really need to start a witchcraft practice. Yes, I agree completely. Um, it's... It's one of my favorite Witch 101s. I have a few, um, but if you want to know, probably my best recommendation would be that one. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to get started on some spells? Yeah. Uh, my first notes are picking a location. Maybe you just want to do it in your bedroom. Maybe you want to specifically go camping so you can go out into the woods and perform a spell. Maybe you want to you know, go to your local park or by a river or you know, go have a bunch of people over to your house. So you're going to clear out your living room. So you want to pick a location. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that one. Um, and this, I also think that it depends on what type of spell work you're going to be practicing. Um, can all can depend mm-hmm. on, you know, is this a spell I want to perform outside? Is this a spell I want to do alone in my room in front of my altar that already is, you know, an existing altar? Um, is it something that I want to do with friends? just so that can depend on you know what spell you're actually doing um and then also I would Mm -hmm. add preparing the space so what are you doing to um cleanse your area are you um actually physically cleaning Mm -hmm. it are you using smoke cleansing sound cleansing um Florida water things like that to really prepare your area yes And then um, you also want to make sure you have all of the materials you need for your spell. You don't want to just assume that you have, you know, rue in a jar in your herbal section and, oh, no, I don't have that. You want to, you know, check at least a day or so ahead of time so you have time to get stuff. But check and make sure that you have the materials you need for your spell. Yes, that's definitely important. Um, But then also to remember that spells can be fluid they don't have to be specifically cut and dry so if you don't have one herb um, rather than going well now I can't Mm -hmm. do the spell at all you can say okay what can I substitute instead again like oh I don't have a yellow candle well congratulations white candles can be used for everything so you have you have your white candle for that Mm -hmm. instead exactly but you also don't want to get into the spell and realize you have no candle yes so (laughs) or that you have no matches or lighters I've been there before I've uh 
I've gone to do a spell and realized I have, I have candles. I have no way to make the candles be on fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and then also something you might want to consider is what you want to wear during the ritual. Um, some witches do all spell work, sky clad or naked. Um, other times, you know, you have a specific outfit or, you know, you want to be wearing leggings and a sports bra because you're going to be moving around a lot or you want to feel super feminine and elegant. So you wear your nicest dress. Um, the nice thing about spell work is unless you're doing it with a coven, you can really wear whatever the hell you want. So you kind of just want to wear whatever is going to get you into the right, right mindset because that's what magic is really is just, you know, meditation with tools. So if you, you know, if you're wearing pajamas and that's not going to give you the sense of elegance and power that you need to do a specific spell, then you change out of the pajamas, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I have a couple of nightgowns, like a white one and a black one, depending on what kind of um, spell I'm performing. And then I also have some like chiffon robes that I wear. I've got one that I use for moon rituals and one that I use for sabbats. Um, so like for Beltane, I have one that's got, um, you know, the sun and the moon all over it. So yesterday for my little small ritual that I did do for Beltane, I was wearing a white uh, bralette and panties because I do most of my magic in my front room and you can kind of see into my house. So I didn't want to be completely naked. Uh, and then my, my chiffon robe over it. So, I mean, really you couldn't see anything because I had the robe, but um, that was, you know, put me in that, that spell work Minecraft, even though I wasn't actually performing an actual spell. Yes, exactly. Um, I said mine. Yeah, on that note, mindset. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't going to mention it, but okay. I felt it come out of my oh. mouth and I was like, that's not right. But I was thinking craft, you know, like, like witchcraft. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's okay all of our brains are broken yeah on that note I do want to I think I meant to talk about this before we started diving into stuff but um yeah which uh, ritual or spell work is you know some people just think that it's really you know tool heavy prayer or it can be you know meditation with a lot of um with a lot of extra tools but yeah it's basically just spiritual work similar to meditation or prayer but you know, basically you're, tr if you're trying to accomplish something, you want every element of it to reflect that intention. So like, I don't know, I haven't done this personally, but maybe if you're, you know, trying to do a spell to get a new job, you dress in like your nicest suit and you perform the spell in the suit, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, I have, um, you know, a, a black nightgown and a white nightgown that I use just depending on the spell itself usually it's you know the the phase of the moon things like that too but um just to have that kind of sympathetic magic in there uh, and have it reflect my intentions mm -hmm. exactly um all right so once you have all of your materials together um you do want to do some kind of cleansing some people think that you always need to take a ritual shower or ritual bath to cleanse your body before you do any spell work I personally don't do that because usually like I don't know it's a spell work takes a lot of energy from me so like in anticipation of that sometimes it's hard for me to go and take a shower beforehand so I personally don't do it I haven't seen any adverse effects 
But there are some people who say you need to shower every time before you do magic. I mean, sometimes you might be performing your spell in the bathtub or the shower. Um, so you don't necessarily need to take a ritual bath in order to, you know, a ritual cleansing bath in order to do a, a spell in the bathtub. Um, and you might have other things mm -hmm. that you, you do. So you may want to cleanse your body. If you don't want to do a full bath or, or shower, you may want to, um, you know, wipe yourself down with some kind of, you know, lotion or perfume. You might have like a moon water that you rub all over yourself or, or oils that you anoint yourself with that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so there's lots of schools of thought. And again, when we're talking about witchcraft, it's totally up to you. There's really no wrong way to do it as long as you're being mindful. Mm -hmm. Yes. So just be mindful. Um, usually for me, just putting on some special ritual clothes helps. But yes, again, some people do think that you should bathe or, you know, do some sort of cleansing part for your body. And you can also just smoke cleanse your body. That's one thing you can do is you can take um, your herb bundle and just cleanse your aura or your body. That's one way of doing it too. Um, but yeah. And also speaking of herb bundles, um, you should also cleanse the space you're in and clean, cleanse your ritual objects. So if you're going to be using an athame or um, herbs or whatever, you want to cleanse those objects as well. Yeah, especially because you might have used them in a previous ritual um, and you don't want them to take any of that energy from the, the other ritual and bring it into your current spell, especially if they're drastically different types of things that you're performing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then... So you have all your stuff, you're in your space, everything's cleansed. The next thing that you do is you ground your energy. So um, on a very superficial level, this is kind of a moment to just breathe and focus your intention and, you know, put away everything that's happened in the day and focus and be in the moment and make yourself mindful. Um, on a more spiritual level, some people see grounding as you tapping into the magic of the earth and absorbing that and then using that absorbed magic in order to um, better work your magic during the spell. Yeah, I use grounding uh, and there's a lot of different ways to ground yourself. Um, again, uh, Gabriella Hurstick's book goes into this a, a lot. There's a lot, but you can find ways on the internet and things like that. Um, I use it to connect to the energy of the earth, but also to kind of protect my energy. So I'm not just using my mm -hmm. own energy for the spell, but I'm actually letting the earth energy flow through me to do it. Um, and that's, that protects yeah. my energy because it doesn't wear me out completely. And that's why grounding can be super important. If you're not doing all the other steps, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, well, I'm not going to do sound cleansing and do all this other stuff. At least take one moment mm -hmm. and just visualize however you, prefer to practice grounding, just tap into that energy of the earth to protect yourself and your own energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I do the same thing. I do use it to tap into, you know, overall spiritual energy. I don't know necessarily the earth because, you know, sometimes you're in an apartment that's not on the ground floor. Um, but to me, it's just tapping into the larger energy of the universe. Um, you can do it like by breathing and imagining a golden cord going from, you know, the base of your head or the nape of your neck to down your spine and into the earth. 
I like to do it by visualizing like kind of roots, like, you know, the little thin, fine cilia roots um, coming off of you and kind of like absorbing the energy that way. That works really well for me. Um, but yeah, it's however you feel that you can tap into that energy. And even if you want to just ground for the sake of grounding, like when I started going through spell work, I think that's one of the first things I did was to just ground myself. Um, and then I, um, and it was actually really powerful because it was really my first experience with magic and all of a sudden I was feeling this larger energy. Yeah. So it just, yeah. So just doing that a few times can even be a good way to start your spell. Yeah. Work. And I, I, um, want to also bring up, so when I talked about like tapping into the energy of the earth, I really am talking about the energy, not just of like the physical earth, but like of everything. So, um, I'll work with maybe energy points and mm -hmm. I'll visualize, um, you know, my energy points going from, you know, my sacral energy point to my crown energy point, but then also extending above and below that. So like a straight line with my spine all the way down and all the way back up again as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So then once you're nice and grounded, then you do, you call circle. Now there's so many ways to call circle. I think every witch has their own way to call circle. Um, if you read Gabriela Hurstick's book, she calls circle by using a wand to essentially cast an energetic circle. You know, you walk it three times and you actually envision a circle being drawn, drawn around you of energy. Um, that is the way I started uh, calling circle. But then I intended this, attended this witch 101 class and the practitioner there gave us all a different way to call circle that I actually really liked. So I kind of combined some of the wording in Gabriella Hurstick's book with the method of this other teacher, which is basically to just call the corners or call the, um, you know, north, south, east, west, and then add on some extra stuff to create the circle. And that's what I do. Yeah. And it also works well for me because, you know, you talk about basically the point of calling circle is to turn the space that you're working in into a sacred space. And for me, like, I usually the rooms I'm working in are small and like, I can't push a bed into the middle of the room to create a place where I can just like walk around in a circle. So, um, you know, just making an entire room into a sacred space is a lot more useful for me. Yeah. And so your circle can be like you were saying, visualizing uh, the circle as like as light or, or the whole room as the circle, something like that. You can also set up a physical perimeter with candles, with crystals, something like that. And you can have a physical circle around you. Um, some, um, witches and some practices will tell you it has to be a certain diameter. So I think that's actually mm -hmm. one of the tenets of Wicca is like of actual, like um, if you talk about like Gardnerian Wicca or um, reclaiming Wicca, things like that. There's actually like, it has to be nine feet by nine feet. That's a circle. You have to have it that that's, you don't have to have it that way. My circles are usually pretty small. Um, I do not walk three times clockwise as many witches do. Um, I will just wave a wand three times clockwise around my head because I'm, I'm going to tell you guys again, spell work takes a lot of energy out of me. I don't have the energy to walk around in a circle three times in my little tiny living room and then sit back down again. 
Also, I have yeah. a lot of animals, and if and- I'm walking around three times in a circle, I have I'm gonna trip over one of them because they're all like, oh, "What are you doing up? What are you doing standing? Should we uh, should we follow you? Should we walk in front of you? What's happening?" <laughs> mm. As animals yeah. do. I'll um, tell you all, I've never done a spell without an animal at my side. <laughs> yep. Maybe they're familiars. Maybe. I've got a lot Maybe. of anyway. familiars, so that's that's not a something and that's not a subject I know a lot about. Yeah. Um, I've just listened to podcasts on it, but so you probably know as much <laughs> as me. Um there's different schools of thought here, as there is in a lot of witchcraft. So like Katie said um, in, in calling a circle or casting a circle, um, you can call the elements first. So that's generally the way that I do it is I'll, I'll call to the elements. I, you know, um, so North, uh, earth in the North, air in the East, fire in the South and water in the West. Some East coast witches, I have heard them swapping air and water. And so they call water in the East because it's physically to the East of them. Um, so that's up to you, but I do it the way from the movie, the craft, um, which is, you know, I call upon the guardians of the watchtowers of the whatever. Um, and once I've called the elements, then I'll, you know, wave my wand three times clockwise. And then I'll say the circle is cast in perfect love and perfect trust. So sometimes they're not individual steps. They all kind of work within each other. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you also, um, calling circle and calling the elements are important just because you do want to have protection um, anytime you do spell work because there is, you know, negative energy that can seep in, that sort of thing, malicious energy. Um, I mean, I probably need to do more research on it, um, but you do want to make sure you have a some sort of protective circle around you when you are doing any sort of intense spell yes absolutely um and there's so there's one spell that i do a lot and let me see i have my my grimoire right here let me see if i can just flip to it real fast so there's something that i'll say um this is actually to sometimes i'll do this before tarot reading um something i'll say is i cleanse this space of any negative energy or spirits who wish to do me harm so that can be something that you add into mm-hmm. casting your circle as an extra layer of protection. In in the process of casting the circle and calling the elements, this would also be the time either once the circle is cast or in the process of casting your circle when you invite in deities that you work with, um, any kind of guides that you use, mm-hmm. or even depending on the spell, you might call in your ancestors to the circle. Um, that would be an appropriate time to do this, would either be in the process of casting the circle or once a circle is cast and before the spell actually fully Mm -hmm. begins. Exactly. Yes. And again, I mean, maybe I should just type up my way that I call circle because I kind of open the circle and call the elements and call in all my deities in like one concise ritual, which is why. Katie, um, you were telling me before we started about the way that you do it uh, and that, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it exactly the same way, but I'd love to um, know more about that and maybe add some of it to my practice as well because it's sounded really succinct and mm. like something that might really work well in my practice. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe maybe I'll type it up and we'll 
I don't know. Either I can send it to you or I can put it on Instagram yeah. or something. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So then once you call circle, you know, that's it. You're in spell work. You're in the middle of the spell. You don't want to break the circle. If you can't, you can temporarily break the circle by cutting a hole in it with your athame. Um, and then re you know, putting your athame back through the doorway to seal the circle again once you come back in the room. If you do have to leave the circle for an extended period of time, you will have to call the circle again. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Then once that's done, you're, yeah, you're in you're it. You're ready to do your spell. spell work. Um, and so there's so many different ways and so many different spells to perform. Uh, but we want to talk about with you some options out there, maybe some practices that we do. Mm -hmm. um, so Katie, what are your yeah. go-to spells or, or something that you would suggest for baby witches? Yeah, I mean, there's just so much you can do. And like, I'm just going to use candle magic as an example because it's what I tend to do. And also because it it just gives you a really good example of what your possible, like how much variability there is in spell work. Because, you know, when you do candle magic, what you do is you take a candle of a specific color, if you are able to do something other than white, um, and then you carve words into it that represent what you are trying to get out of the spell. And then you dress it in oil, and then once the oil is on the candle, you can dress it in herbs. And there is just so much variation and nuance you can put into that. Um, you know, depending on the color of candle you pick, you know, if you pick a pink candle, it can be a love or a self-love candle. If you pick a green candle, it can be a money magic spell. Um, if you pick yellow, it can be a spell for happiness. If you pick blue, it can be a spell for peace and harmony. Um, there's just so much variation there. And then on top of that, you know, what you carve into there has significance and the different oil you choose has significance. And then the herbs you choose have significance because, you know, Say you're doing a money spell, um, but you want to dress it. I mean, I usually put more than one herb on for dressing, but say you put, um, let's see, say you put mint on there and not, you know, something else associated with prosperity. I'm thinking basil, but like mint and basil, in my opinion, are pretty similar. Um, but say, I'm trying to think of something else associated with prosperity. Um, I don't know. But say you use mint instead of a different herb. Um, and it could change the meaning of what you want to receive. Or maybe you do it on purpose. Um, an example is that I have done spells trying to help other people get jobs. And at first, me doing it was not successful. Because I kept on doing all this prosperity magic. And it was just making things better for me for a while and I was like no this this is great but it's supposed to be for another person and so one of the things I did instead was I got a skull candle and I put the I carved the name of that person into the skull to say this represents this other person and then I dressed the candle that way and it helped them it actually worked that yeah way. so and if any of that sounds like it might be out of your league, if you're brand new to this and you're like, I don't know how to carve a candle or dress a candle, that's too much for me. Uh, there are so many um, small business witch shops that offer pre-dressed candles for you or that offer um, 
individualized ones for you. You can say like, this is what I need. And they'll say, this is, or you'll say, this is my situation. And they'll go, okay, this is what kind of candle you need. Cause you also might want to be carving runes into it and things like that. Um, and mm-hmm. so you might want to call up or, or go online, especially right now when a lot of shops are, their storefronts have to be closed um, to, you know, go online and order from them and they'll do a lot of that work for you. And then you already have the candle just ready to ignite. Yeah. Yeah. And so just within the realm of candle magic, there's so much you can do. And you also want to take in mind, like the timing of the spell can depend on what you want to do. Like the day of the year, the holiday, like if it's, um, you know, Beltane or Letha or Mabin, um, also the season, the moon phase. So for example, if you want to do a manifestation spell, but the moon is waning, that could not be good. So maybe you do a banishing, like banish my obstacles type spell. So it really just depends on, like there's so much variation, but yeah, yeah I mean. The op- We've talked about like mercury yeah. retrograde. Um, so if you're trying to work with mercury, you might choose to do your spells on a Wednesday. Um So Mm -hmm. Wednesday in Latin based languages is based on Mercury. And so that would be a good day to work with that deity. Um, And again, like you said, Katie, the phase of the moon, um, there's all kinds of different things. So one of the spells that I do fairly regularly and was kind of the spell that got me into witchcraft that made me go, Hey, I think there's something here. Um, I do a bind Trump spell. Uh, It happens once a month. I don't remember to do it every month, but it's, um, like two or three days before the new moon. And that's why I don't do it every month is because I can never remember when it is. Um, but it happens at 11.59 p.m. Eastern, um, which really works for me because I'm still up. It's only 8.59 where I live. And there's it, there's a like a spell, you know, a, a poem or a, a chant mantra that you say during it. I don't do exactly the one that's online. I've altered it to work better for me. And then there's you light a white candle and orange candle at different times during the spell. And I have a little Trump troll uh, that I bind. I physically bind in black ribbon. Um, And then, so I do that right before the new moon. And then in the full moon, I'll take the ribbon off. Um, Sometimes with both of it, we'll talk about that later. And that's what I'll say. That's when it's complete to me. So I'll I'll start it on at the, just before the new moon. And then it's complete at the full moon. I think it's hilarious that that spell requires an orange candle. Uh, so um, I don't know that it, I, don't, I can't remember if it does. I think it does. Uh, my version does. It also, so instead of, um, I, I have a Trump troll, but it'll say to like bind the candle or bind a carrot or something like that in the original spell. Um, again, I've fine tuned it to one that I think works the best for me. So when they say, cause they'll say, and again, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but like to bind <laughs> the the carrot or whatever and then bury it in the backyard or bind the candle and bury it in the backyard i'm not burying things most of the time mm-hmm. um so again i've i found a version of it that works best for my practice and i think that's really important yes. is to realize if you see a spell and you think this is really what i need is what the spell is going to provide but i can't follow every single step exactly um find you there's always ways to find alternatives don't just say well, I can't do that. So I'm just not going to do it. You, I would look into an alternative or, or see if it is a step that can just be switched out completely. Um, mm-hmm. But don't just, don't just disregard it because you don't want to do it because that might be an important part of the spell. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I mean, you can also reword a spell. That was actually something I had written down to talk about because, you know, sometimes the wording that's written down in the spell work isn't really resonating with you or isn't doesn't really suit your intentions. So you can always rewrite it or you could even write your own wording for a spell. That's always an option. Um, just a couple things. Write it in a language that you understand. Yes. Um, don't, you know, think you're being mystical and write it in Latin and then, you know, you accidentally summon a demon or whatever. Um, and then also, you know, just be careful with what you're saying. Make sure that you are putting your intention out there. Be careful because sometimes magic can work in tricky ways. You know, always say, do what's in my highest and best. And, you know, a good idea is maybe to say, if it harm none. Um, I mean, unless you're doing something where you do want it to harm someone and then maybe leave that out. Um, but yeah, so be careful with the way you say it and put good intention in there. But it is always an option to just write your own wording for a spell. Yeah, and speaking of writing wording, that's another option for a spell as well, is to write something on a piece of paper and burn it in your cauldron. So sometimes as a manifestation, mm -hmm. um, just depending on what kind of intention you're putting into it, but then a lot of times also for a release or a banishment. So if you want to write something down, um, you know, maybe something you need to get off your chest or something that you need to let go of, you write it down. Mm -hmm. So you take it out of yourself and put it onto the piece of paper. You put it in a cauldron or another fire safe container and you light it on fire and you let it go. Mm -hmm. And another option, just in case you can't burn stuff is to like take a name and put it in a bowl of water and then put that water in the freezer. And now that kind of like freezes up the person. If it, if they're hot headed, it makes them cool down. If they are doing something, it, you know, freezes their actions and makes them incapable of doing that. So that's another option yeah. as well. If you want to that one, that. Um, I don't actually practice that one very often. Just, I, I don't know why um, I probably should start doing it, but that's something I threaten people with. I don't necessarily believe in like cursing or hexing. Um, that's not part of my practice. I am a big proponent of the rule of three. Uh, so if I do want harm to come to someone in a weird way, um, especially with what's going on in the country, I'll usually invoke the rule of three upon them and say something like, um, you know, may your actions and deeds co come back to you threefold. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put that on them. Um, but that's something I threaten people a lot with is, well, I know whose name's going in my freezer, um, just because it's kind of it's something pretty common um, in witchcraft is to put people's names in their freezer. So I, I do that all the time and like, mm, don't worry, honey, I'll put his name in my freezer for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that reflective spell, I haven't put a hex on anybody. I've done a binding against one person and on another person, I did a spell for like a reversal where like, they're not going to come on into any harm unless they try to harm. Yes. So yes. Um, but yeah, anyway, not, so that was a bit of a, um, a tangent. Yeah, tangent. But so yeah, going back to magic, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do for the principle of your spell work, you can do art magic, you can make a charm bag or a honey jar, you can do divination, you can just, you know, do all this work and then meditate to call in or meet your spirits or deities or ancestors, um, or your spirit guides, you can just like do that purely to sit there and meditate and drink a cup of tea, you can, you know, write something or use it to make a ceremonial list that you will then burn or, you know, wrap up and put in a jar or save or put on your altar or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that you can do. It's really whatever you want. Yeah. And 
there's a lot of options out there. So again, with everything going on, I've been looking back to Light Magic for Dark Times. There's a lot of great, I mean, that's just basically a book of spells for you. There's also books, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of the name of the book. I think you, do you have it? Yeah, the, yeah, Judica Elish's, um book of 5,000 yes. spells. I do have that. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, she doesn't actually go into like, the calling a circle or whatever, because it is 5,000 spells. Most of them are like, you know, a quarter of a column and there's three columns on the page and it'll be like, you know, make this dream pillow or, you know, light a blue candle and play to pray to the saint. So, yeah. So that's um, like the, and the, again, that's the same for light magic for dark times is there's just a lot of, so that's, you know, the spell itself. So you're doing all this, this work to build up to the spell. You perform that the spell itself. And then you have, um, you know, and then you, you finish the spell, you close out the circle, things like that. And that's, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but there's, there's yeah. all kinds of spells out there. I would maybe recommend doing a spell that someone else has written first, unless there's something that you're just like, nope, I know what spell I want to do. I know how I'm going to do it. Um, and, but doing other people's spells, again, like you said, the, the book of 5,000 spells or light magic for dark times, anything like that. And that will give you an idea of, oh, okay, now that I know how, kind of the the process of it I can start creating my own spells as well we've gone over the basics of spell work but really the spiritual goal of it is to get yourself into some sort of trance or meditative space and to raise the energy to the point where it can be released into the universe so sometimes I do this just by meditating and staring into a candle sometimes it's through breath breath work but you can also dance you can you know drum until you reach the desired state you want to be in you can recite poetry um sex magic where you literally orgasm yourself into um you know releasing energy or um you know it's basically just feeling the energy build and then releasing this and this is called um you know building a cone of power in most books and then you release yeah it. um i've also i think again when we talk about gabrielle her sixth book a lot um we should just like give this podcast to her no i'm kidding <laughs> um, but uh she also mentions like doing vinyasa yoga which i have used a couple of times i don't do a lot of i i mean i do raise the cone of power in, in my practices but i don't do a lot of like the very physical energetic part of it um so i'm not mm-hmm. you know dancing or um doing, doing vinyasa yoga. I have done it in the past, but one thing I actually do, and I think this is mainly because I was raised Catholic. Um, so we've talked about cakes and ale. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit more later, but that's, so typically it's something you do after the ritual. I've actually incorporated it into my ritual as kind of a witch's communion. I'll, I'll raise a cup to a deity or an ancestor. Um, I'll take a sip and then I'll, I'll leave some in the cup as an offering. Um, and then same, I'll have some kind of treat or goodie, um, and I'll, I'll take a bite of that. And then that's, that's my energetic, um, how, how I raise my energy in my ritual. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be like exercise, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It could just be meditation. Mm-hmm. It could, it could be anything. Um, just find what works for you. And it might be different for every spell as well. So there might be some spells that work really well. If again, like if you're doing sex magic, um, there might be something that works best. Like you said, Katie, with drumming, just depending on what you're performing, what you're doing. Um, one thing that 
mm-hmm. the reclaiming witchcraft or reclaiming Wicca tradition does is they do a spiral dance. Um, and that is very, and I have mm-hmm. no idea how to do that. I only know that it is a thing that exists, but that's how they will raise their cone of power. Yeah. But, and the point is that you raise this energy and then you release the energy into the universe. And then the idea is that your intention is released and then your will. Will yes. Be done. Because we talked a lot about mm-hmm. like casting the circle and then you, you perform the ritual. Um, and then you want to make sure that you do everything kind of in the reverse order. So, um, if you've invited deities or ancestors, you you thank them for their presence, for their help, their energy, their protection. You release them. Um, same with the elements. Do those in the reverse order. So if you started with earth and you're ending with earth. Um, and then I usually end by saying the circle is open but unbroken. And um, mm-hmm. then I'll, I, you know, I might say something. I might add to that. But that's usually the, the part that's in there. Just like I cast a circle in perfect love and perfect trust and with the circle circle is Mm -hmm. open but unbroken Um, and then if you Mm -hmm. did walk or draw with your wand clockwise three times it would now be um appropriate to maybe do that counterclockwise so wave the wand three times counterclockwise Mm -hmm. or walk three times counterclockwise or it doesn't have to be three times it could be once um but just again cast a circle and then you have to open the circle as well Mm -hmm. exactly and Yeah, I do the same thing. Start by opening up the circle and you always, always, always want to say goodbye and thank the spirits that might have helped you. I mean, think about it like your significant other calls you from across the apartment or house and they're like, hey, come here. And you're like, what do you need? And they're like, oh, never mind. I forgot. And then they just like go back to doing whatever. Like imagine how annoyed you would be. Like you don't want to, these deities that are helping you, you don't want to like summon them and then just like, yeah I'm done <laughs> yeah, exactly especially yeah. if you're dealing with some of the more fickle deities um I know Katie right at the beginning of of our practice um you called me and you're like fuck I did a spell with Hera and it went really really bad and now I'm really really worried because she's not always nice <laughs> yes yes and what I ended up doing there is I um I did a spell just to say sorry to her where I like built an altar just for her to be like, Hey, I fucked up. We cool. We cool. Okay. And that's Um, an appropriate use of spell work too, is if you are still kind of building your pantheon, you might pick a deity that you're interested in and do a spell to like meditate, meditate and communicate with them and see if that's uh, an appropriate deity for you to work with in the future. So you might be doing a spell just to, connect to a specific deity or an ancestor or a spirit guide, mm-hmm. um, whatever, whatever's in your practice. Um, and then I also, mm-hmm. oh, and go for, ahead. Yeah. And for the record, I do not work <laughs> with Kara anymore because of that specific incident, we are on neutral terms. She is not actively trying to make my life harder than it needs to be because of the apology thing, but I am not, I'm not fucking with yeah, that again. Um, that's fair. I don't blame you on that one at all. Yeah. Um, And then at the end, um, we talked about grounding to start. It'd also be appropriate to ground at the end Mm -hmm. um, to release that energy, to release your connection. So any energy that you do, Mm -hmm. um, when you release the cone of power, um, you would release back Mm -hmm. into the earth, back into the the universe, something like that. Mm -hmm. And that would be a a great way to end the ritual. Yeah. Yeah. And you do want to be careful. I have in the past, and this is something I had to 
work on not doing, you ground or you put so much energy back into the earth that you're kind of draining your own energy and you just feel super depleted and weak after that. So you don't want to like put everything back into the earth afterwards. Well, and then the other thing you can do to ground is to like do actually do the cakes and ale after you energetically ground is you like go and have a little snack or something just to get you back in your body and also fortify yourself from the energy. Yes, exactly. Um, that would be an appropriate time to, if you had, so it's called cakes and ale, but it could be anything. It could be tea and crackers. It could be wine and a chocolate brownie. It could be a a ritual meal. So you might be doing a spell work before dinner time, And then now you're going to have, say it's a a Sabbath or something. And now you're going to have your, your Sabbath feast. Um, to again, replenish your energy. So just make sure that you're taking care of yourself and, you know, that you're not after your spell is done being completely depleted. Cause that's not the, the point of the spell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then once, so that's kind of the energetic end of the spell work, but the last thing you need to do is make sure you're disposing of the materials from your spell correctly. Um, there's a lot of recommendations of like, you know, putting, you know, any the herbs you use, dispose of them in a large body of water or running river, um, bury them or return them to the earth, um, dispose of them at a crossroads, that sort of thing. But we know that that is not always an option for you. You don't necessarily have a large body of water or a running river or something to dispose of things. Um so it might be, you You might have the option of flushing it down the toilet. Um, you might have the mm-hmm. option of, um, you know, putting it in the trash at a crossroads. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Oh, there's a lot of gas stations at intersections that have trash cans for you to put things in. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's actually what yeah. I usually end up doing. That's insane. Um, that's that's but, where there's usually a trash can at yeah. a crossroads. Um And then some people, again, there's a lot of people that will say, well, you need to bury anything that's left over. Absolutely. In my opinion, I would, I don't bury anything that's not going to, that's not compostable. Um, So maybe if it's paper Mm -hmm. or um, again, like what I was talking about earlier, one of the spells calls for a carrot. I might bury a carrot. Yeah. Um, But I'm not burying, like if I tore up a picture of me and my ex, I'm not burying a photograph. Um, or, yeah. or even a wax candle. I don't, because eventually my backyard is just going to be 300 wax candle nubs underneath the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you do want to be mindful of that. Usually what I do is I think of like the progress of the spell. So, yeah. you know, say you're doing a job hunting spell you know, you do want that energy to be spread out through the community. So the idea is that you dispose of it at a trash can at the crossroads. So, you know, you know, a few thousand in a large city, a few thousand people will cross through that intersection at any given day and kind of spread that energy around to help you spread your intention around. Um, I burn candles for my ancestors, though. And, you know, that's kind of my own personal energy that I want to keep with me. So I just put those in my household trash and, you know, it's a way of kind of keeping the energy within my space. Yeah. But if you're doing something Um, like banishing um, and maybe you do want that, like absolutely in the trash, because maybe some things you don't want to throw in the trash, you don't feel like they're garbage. 
Um, but if you're doing like a banishing spell mm-hmm. or some, you know, something that you want to get rid of that you feel like you're getting rid of garbage, you might want to toss that in the trash, but you don't necessarily want that energy inside your house. So that might be something that's appropriate to take and put in the dumpster outside your house. Yes. Or, um, I know I forget exactly what this was. I think the idea is that you're returning it to the universe or like letting the energy out, but there are some spells where they're like, you know, just releases to the wind and it's like herbs or flower petals or ash. So sometimes I just like take it in the backyard and let the wind take it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Those kinds of things are acceptable, but you might have, you know, a lot of, a lot of physical stuff left over um, that you, that you don't necessarily want to leave in the backyard or, bury in a park somewhere where someone's going to dig it up yeah and you just want to be mind like I said like your energy and the energy from your spell is imbued into these objects and you want to be careful you don't just want to you know put it wherever and then maybe the spell doesn't work because you didn't dispose of it correctly um that spell that I was talking about um where I was trying to help somebody else get a job what I actually did then because there were some crystals as a part of that spell. And I took those crystals and I like just dropped them out my car window. They're very small. They're like just pebbles, but I just like dropped them at my car window while I was driving through important intersections, that sort of thing. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this type of magic. I mean, it does feel a little weird because you're like, someone's going to stop me from throwing (laughs) stuff away in this trash can. And it's like, it's a fucking yeah. public trash can. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it, if maybe you don't have, I, I do a lot of my spell work at night, so I'm not going to necessarily drive to 7-Eleven at 10 o'clock at night after I've had three glasses of wine um, to dispose of my stuff. So I might have it in, you know, a little box or a baggie, you know, paper bag, something like that. Um, and take it there, you know, the next morning or something along those lines. And maybe I'll, I'll put it outside, of my, yeah, I'm outside real... of my house or something like that and be like, all right, tomorrow morning, I'm taking that to the crossroads. Yeah, I'm real bad about that. I will sometimes put stuff in my purse and then realize a week <laughs> later that it's in there and be like, I've just been carrying this around. I need to go find a trash can. So yeah. Um, so just, yeah. I mean, don't feel like, you know, if you've because that was one thing actually was why I didn't ever really start practicing spells is I didn't know what to do with the stuff that was left over. Like if I burn a candle all the way down, then what do I do with that candle? Do I just toss it in the trash? Like what, what happens afterwards? And so that disposing of, you know, the, the spell workings was something that stopped me from practicing spell work for a long time. So it, I really wanted to include that in today's episode just so that people know their options and they don't think, well, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that you have to bury it under a tree in a graveyard and I can't. Mm-hmm. So that means I can never do the spell. Um, there are alternatives yeah. obviously all the time. Yeah. And it's also just a way, like what you need to know, this is how you do proper spell work is, you know, you need to think about the next step. You can't just, you know, leave a candle sitting on your altar for the next year. You need to go out and put it in a place where its intention will yeah. be Yeah, well, dispersed. even like I was saying with my so. um, my trump spell, when I, I physically bind this, this troll in Black Ribbon, 
after I did it the first time, I thought to myself, well, fuck, what do I do next time? I need to practice a spell. The troll is already bound in black ribbon. And so that's when I started incorporating unwrapping it at the full moon and saying like, okay, now the spell is complete. And then starting again in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so that's how you do formal spell work, but there are some things you can do where you just, for me, it's just focusing my intention. Like you do a full ritual for more power or when you really need to focus your energy, but there's also small stuff or like when you feel like your energy is really abundant and you don't need to do all this extra work. So um, stuff like kitchen magic or herbal work, like you can put intention, like, you know, stirring soup and putting your intention into the soup by, you know, stirring clockwise and, you know, talking aloud your intentions or with tea or, you know, I make my own tea blends or herbal blends. Um, so you don't necessarily need to, you know, cast a circle and ground for that kind of stuff. Um, also just taking a ritual bath. I don't usually cast a circle yeah, for that. Same with like tarot. Um, so I have a like tarot spell. Mm -hmm. Like I will do a full tarot reading with casting a circle and doing all that. But that's usually going to be a pretty big spread. Mm -hmm. If I'm just doing like a one or two card draw, mm -hmm. I might have like a little spell I say ahead of time, but I'm not, you know, for two, two tarot cards, I'm not going to do 20 minutes of prep to pull my card. I'm going to say a little mm -hmm. something I say, yeah. um, you know, in the name of earth, fire, wind, and air. Wait, I just said wind and air. See, I have it written down somewhere. I promise guys, <laughs> but you know, I'll say something. Earth, yeah, fire, but, water. You know, with um, earth and air and fire and water as above, so below, um, something like that. And then, you know, I'll say like cleanse the, these cards of, uh, energy from past readings and that might be everything I say before pulling a card um sometimes I might not say anything sometimes mm -hmm. I might just be like I need this card right now uh, what am I supposed to do today and then pull one card so it doesn't always have to be a big performance mm -hmm. and that's also something I want to bring up is that the the ritual part of it is not a performance it is a practice to help you to help your energy to protect you things like that. So if you feel at any point, and I've done this before, I've, I've stopped practicing um, for months at a time because it got to the point where I felt like I was performing my magic and that wasn't the purpose of it. And so I said, okay, I need to work on the spiritual aspect before I get back to any type of ritual. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I mainly do this type of informal magic when I do feel more spiritually connected and I do, you know, energetically feel as though I don't necessarily need to um, make a big hullabaloo about it. Um, if that's a good way to word it, I don't know if I'm articulating it well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just little stuff like, you know, say you cleanse your crystals under a full moon and then you want to charge them with intention. You know, I don't cast a yeah. circle to do that. Um, you know, just these like little things where you're momentarily dispersing your intention, but you don't necessarily need to, you know, yeah. make a big deal about you it. Even just or, have a mantra. Um, so one yeah. thing that I thought of, I have a little mantra. So I fear for the lives mm -hmm. of all motorcyclists. I know too many people that have been killed in motorcycle accidents or people that have killed other people in motorcycle accidents 
And so a lot of times if I'm on a long drive and I see a, a motorcyclist, especially one that seems to be driving dangerously, I'll say something just short and quick, like mother earth and father sky bless and protect their ride. Just something so short, so simple. Obviously if I'm driving down the freeway, I'm not casting a circle and calling all the corners. I'm just saying a little tiny spell of protection. Yeah. And it's also like with meditation. Yes, there are some meditations that you do want to cast a protective circle, especially if you're like trying to talk to your spirit guides like that. You probably want to have some protection just so like the wrong spirits don't show up. But if you're just doing your normal breath work, like not necessarily incredibly deep meditation um, or like not necessarily because meditation is deep. What's a good way to say that? Not necessarily um, exploratory meditation. Then, yeah, I mean. I meditate every day and I don't yeah. follow a circle every day. Damn so, girl, you meditate so. every day. I'm so impressed with you. I say I'm going to. <laughs> I it's usually, do. it's usually just like five minutes. I usually just meditate for five minutes. Cause that like, Hey, is the time I have. But I'm trying to get better with this. Like I can't leave the house thing. I'm trying to get better. And I, my goal is to like, do what you're supposed to do, which is meditate you know, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. And I'm trying to get there. That's my goal with this pandemic. I want to like actually reach those goals by the end of the, you know, I'm me so having to be at home. I, so, yeah. um, I think like five minutes of meditation is usually when I was like, Ooh, you y'all, I got five whole minutes of meditation in today. I'm so impressed with me. I was actually very impressed with myself last night. Um, Cause as you know, the veil is very thin for deities on mm -hmm. Beltane. And there is this one goddess who has been trying to get my intention and I well, we're going to do a deities episode. So I'll talk about this more, but um, I was, you know, last night I was like, okay, bitch, I'm here. I'm listening to you. Tell me what you have been trying to get my attention for. And I did like a whole 20 or 30 minute meditation yeah. and it was great. That's great. Uh, I should say, I mean, I took a whole meditation course, like, a, I, it wasn't like a full class, I think it was like a one unit class or whatever in college. And uh, I know that I can meditate for like 4550 minutes, because I've had to, like, it was an hour long class, and we worked our way up to it. And by the end of the semester, mm -hmm. you would like show up to class and brother Camillus, oh my gosh, you guys, you should look up brother Camillus, because I'm obsessed with him. He's amazing. Um, but brother Camillus would It'd be like, okay, sit down. I'm going to turn on the music. And we would just, like, by the end of the semester, that was the whole thing. You meditated for the entire hour. Um, he was also trained in Reiki. He's a Christian brother. So he, like, a Lasallian Christian brother. He's Catholic. But very, like, a woo-woo Catholic. <laughs> um, uh, but he would, he would like, put yeah. hands, like, do, like, the Reiki hands. And this is kind of how I knew I was susceptible to this kind of energy. Is he would do the Reiki hands and he would, like, go up behind people to kind of, like, bless them or whatever. And so one day... I was in like deep in meditation and all of a sudden I like jumped out of it and I was like, Oh, like, what is that? And I looked behind and like brother Phyllis had like just barely put his hands like near me. And I was like, Oh, and he was like, Oh, you're, you, you could feel that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I could feel that. That shit was real. <laughs> uh, and how did we become witches? Did Catholic uh -huh. college turned me into a witch. I think it did. It definitely turned us both into witches mm -hmm, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all I had to say about spell work, Missa. Um, did you have anything I, I else? I didn't want to add anything else about spell work. I did just want to give a shout out. A lot of you have actually been reaching out to us recently, um, either on Instagram DMs or an email. 
Um, we haven't gotten back to all of you and some of you that we do get back to, it takes us a long time. Um, we so appreciate hearing from all of you though. So continue to talk to us. Um, just bear with us that we are still real people and have jobs and things like that. And again, I was going through it a couple weeks ago. So if you tried to contact us in the last six weeks and I think Katie, you responded to a couple of people on Instagram. Thank you so much for that. But um, mm-hmm. we do, we are reading what you're sending to us. So if you're, if you haven't heard back from us, we still see you, we're still getting this and we so appreciate hearing from you. We love hearing about your stories and, and your journeys and you know, everything that you're doing. So, so definitely keep reaching out to us. Uh, Katie, do you want to tell them, tell them how they can get a hold of us? Yes, you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at yeah. babywitchpod. All right. Anything else you want to add before we say goodbye for a couple of weeks? Take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. I was talking with Missa about that. Like if you are feeling depressed, if you aren't, if you just don't have the energy to get stuff done, just be patient and be kind with yourself. Because if you you know, are angry with yourself that you're not getting everything done that you would like to get done. It's just going to make you feel worse. So just be kind to yourself, love yourself and show yourself. Absolutely. What a wonderful way to end. All right, everyone. We will talk to you in two weeks on the next magical Monday. Bye.